0: fm out of philadelphia i'm quincy stalworth with quince questions today we interview christine and olivas she is the founder of the off mic comedy school you can find them at off she is also a writer of short fiction she has been published in the valley one brooklyn paper darts breakwater review and many other forms of media christine first Relocated to Philadelphia in 2018. Since then, she's begun studying and performing two new art forms. First-person storytelling and stand-up comedy. Since then, she has performed all over the nation with her incredible style of comedy and more. And then later on, a incredible treat from Epidemic Sounds. An artist who is a producer named BABA, with another artist named... Uh, Tente, these guys, they made this incredible song that I think you're going to love called Scream My Name, all that and more. But first, a message from our sponsors.
1: your brand is operating on your behalf 24 hours a day and brand consistency builds confidence at 1030 designs we help you build brand confidence by creating cohesive logos social media posts websites and marketing materials so your audience knows who you are at a glance we're here to help and we're ready to get busy for you visit us at 1030designs.com today that's 1030designs com
0: hello everyone this is quincy star for quince questions I am with Christine and Olivas that was not the right sound thing I was supposed to say <laughs> <do. laughs>
2: Hashtag
0: prison. <laughs> that was that was I was reaching for the applause and I got this. But I like that. That was great for this, this first part. <laughs> was, like, that just gives you an idea how this interview is gonna go. Okay? <laughs> it started it started off with a wah, 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 wah. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. So <laughs> Where, where did you... I'm not going to edit none of these laughter out because I love this stuff because when I'm listening again, I'll be like, oh my God, that's so funny. Where, where did you get started in comedy anyway?
3: Um, So probably about two years ago. So it's right around the time I moved to Philly. Um, I moved to Philly from New York. I've kind of been a nomad. I've lived a lot of places like LA, Phoenix, San Francisco, New York, Jersey, and then here two years ago. Um, and I've always been creative. I like did music growing up I've always been a writer Um, I published a bunch of short stories when I was living in New York definitely never considered myself funny though I've always felt like I've been like the serious one you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) and um, I moved here and I was you know trying to make friends and I was talking to some gal that I met sitting at a bar we're both sitting at ourselves and we were talking and I'm telling stories about my life and she's like you ever considered doing stand up and I was like, What? <laughs> um, but athletic, she kind of got in my head. It's like, you know, sometimes you meet people and they plant these little seeds that just end mm-hmm. up gr- growing. And I was like, You know what? Maybe I do. I have the material, I have the writing skills. Maybe I can figure out the funny part and the joke part. Um, so yeah, so I ended up enrolling in a course with Che Gueiro who is actually one of the instructors for the school which I know we'll talk about later mm-hmm. and literally left the first day the first day of the course and I was like oh I'm totally going to do this. <laughs> I fell in love with it immediately. He threw us right on stage. I told uh, some very prerog- I made a very provocative statement which I like am too embarrassed now to say out loud.
2: Yeah, um, but it. everybody
3: everybody <laughs> everybody laughed immediately and I was like oh wow, I guess I am funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I kind of haven't looked back So yeah, it's been two years And I'm um, going keep going with
2: it
0: Now, your IG profile Says you were a former homeschool fundamentalist You're a marketer, a comic We already talked about you being a storyteller No, we didn't talk about you being a storyteller There's a, there's a lot to impact here You know, uh, three of my sisters Have children who are homeschooled right now I imagine your homeschooling Was on a completely different level how much of uh, <laughs> fundamentalist for homeschool were you? <laughs> uh,
3: you could say, well, I like to say it's a triple threat. So homeschooled, fundamentalist Christian cult, minister's daughter.
0: Whoa, like I didn't th- know you were minister's <laughs> daughter. Oh, man. Uh,
3: yeah, yeah. See, that's the thing about me is like you find something new every single time. Oh, uh, yeah, it's all all three of those. And I mean, each one by itself is a lot. <laughs> and then you add them all together. And like that is, you know, it's definitely a recipe so being both, you know, homeschooled in the eighties, long before people were doing it in the pandemic, uh, in a fundamentalist Christian cult and a minister's daughter is definitely a, a lot. Um, and like people homeschooling is all the sort of topic of conversation right now, you know, because everybody's doing it in the pandemic. But back then, like it was kind of a covert thing, right? Like it was technically illegal in a lot of states. Um but all these, you know, Christian fundamentalists didn't want to send their kids to public school because they didn't want them to learn about evolution and about gay marriage and about sex, you mm. know. So they they kept us at home so they could just give us the approved curriculum of the church.
0: It's funny when people talk about um, evolution, because I, I used to go to a, a really crazy fundamentalist church and you hit on the same chord, you know, uh, evolution, gay marriage and uh, what was the other thing um uh i don't know anyway
3: <laughs> you know just sex yeah sex, <laughs> sex.
0: yeah you know I, I used to say oh yeah those are all the things that started world war ii and then people will get mad at me for saying something like that but <laughs> i think that i think they definitely started the korean war on the korean peninsula <laughs> so hell yeah <laughs> so you know how does one get out of that I mean you hear so many stories I mean you know I, I've watched the uh the uh, the, the Mormons uh, the ex-Mormon thing on uh, Lifetime where you would have to escape the Mormon faith and they would they would have a contact on the outside and it was all covert and then the Mormon men would be driving by your house every two hours you know to see if the person's inside I mean how did you get out of all of that
3: Yeah, and it's funny that you mentioned documentaries because, again, there's so much media now and I always think about this, like, what would have happened back then if we had social media? Like, what kind of stuff would have been exposed about this whole organization? You know, like, you know, Leah Rimini's documentary about Scientology and sort of, you know, being able to use these cameras and you know use the power of like social media to connect with people and get people out, you know. Um, a lot of that stuff didn't exist. So essentially what happened, my parents did actually leave. So they ended up leaving this organization when I was, I think, eight or nine. But my dad turned around and actually started another church with a bunch of the people who had also left so like in a weird way it kind of just replicated it so certain things got slightly looser like the the cult was it was a cult I mean if you look up the criteria of a cult the mind control the time and sleep deprivation the spies all those things were there um but uh yeah so my parents did voluntarily leave but the thing is when you just take 200 people from one organization and you set up shop uh, even if it's the rules are slightly looser you don't really leave you know mm. and so i think that was probably one of the biggest disappointments of my life is i remember thinking at the time like oh we're gonna be free you know and then <laughs> it's like, oh no oh no we're not actually free we're still can only wear skirts and we still can only talk about hell, and we still don't Ugh. believe, and that this, this, and this, and we still can't talk to people of other religion, you know. So it's like wow. it, 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 loos- it loosened the sort of barriers a little bit, and my parents did eventually enroll me in high school, which is probably another turning point. So I was sort of allowed to slowly tiptoe back in the world. But here's right. the thing. There are two layers of getting out. The mm. first one, one is a literal layer, right? You leave, you start to be in the world, you start to get exposed to movies and people of different backgrounds. But the emotional getting out and like the mental getting out takes much longer, wow. you know? So I really don't, I don't really feel like it was until my 30s, so probably the last decade that I've actually like truly started getting out if that makes sense even though it's been years and years and years since we were in that organization
0: i read an article that said it's not until you're 34 years old that you're you know uh mentally mature enough to divorce yourself from everything in in the past Mm -hmm. and uh yeah i agree i agree it takes it takes time to get out of that thing emotionally uh getting out but do you move a lot? So was were you like on the run or something? Or is this like a, a secret kind interview? Or we you like, you know? <laughs> <laughs>
3: I mean, I think, because here, well, here's the thing. My Uh, background kind of created two opposing worlds. So one world is like the world of isolation and super strict rules and doctrine, right? mm -hmm. And then the other world is like liberal culture, right? Liberal arts education and, Mm. you know, being in San Francisco and ending up living in all these big cities and you have these two worlds that are so different. One is like no rules at all and the other is tons and tons of rules. Um, And so I think like, yeah I think in a lot of ways I sort of had to those two worlds kind of had to like come together and for me to figure out which pieces I wanted because there's a part of the cult life that's really attractive let's be honest the world is so lonely the world is super chaotic and like there's something kind of nice about like belonging to a group you know um but I also don't want to be trapped either so I feel like a lot of my moves were me sort of like trying to how can i have home how can i have community and belonging but also not a community that requires me to like constantly think of myself as a sinner you know right so yeah maybe in a way i wasn't a little bit on a run trying to find some place where i could like finally be comfortable you know and it's yeah. it's it's been a it's been a journey for sure and yeah. i guess yeah p- when you move it's kind of easy to feel like you're leaving stuff behind Turns out you can't, because when you move, it no. comes with you. <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. No matter where you go, there you are. <laughs> so <Yep. laughs> yeah. so who, What? Did you had to have some sort of physical influences from people that were like, you need to get out. Or you saw people on the outside who were like, you need to get over here. You know, like you said, you were exposed to the city. I'm sure in San Francisco, you ran into someone. It was like, girl, you need to get out, especially black women. They like, Girl, you need to get away from that mother effer. and then come around here and hang with us or whatever. But you know what I'm saying. I mean, were there people who like, like really drew you out of yourself or your shell, or your, your your emotional prison?
3: yeah i mean i think what's hard though is that i think some people and this is what i don't love a lot about like our current culture is like some people think that the answer is like super simple right so i'd have people be like oh my god like who cares Just like sleep with whoever you want do whatever you want like say whatever you want like that's the whole thing you came from is like complete toxic bullshit or whatever, you know? And it's like, that wasn't really helpful because that didn't actually help me deal with like the shame and like the the anxiety that I felt about interacting with the outside world because that's what you learn when you grow up super, super fundamental is everything outside of you is bad. Um, So I honestly do believe that the creative process, like the people that I met creatively probably along the way are the only ones who helped me deal with the complexity because the answer is not just like oh screw it like forget like forget where you came from like you're with us now like just you know let's go out and party and show your body and do whatever and you'll be fine you know like mm-hmm. that's not really the answer for someone like no. me so yeah. I think I had to kind of like dig through it so there are a few people there uh was a writing instructor um in New York um I took a classroom when I was going through a divorce and it was just sort of like wondering if I was ever going to like escape like the chaos of my life, you know, and started writing stories and kind of digging into it. And I remember, he said, "Hey, I think you have a lot of potential. Like, if you ever want to like sit down and talk about like the life behind the story, I'm happy to do that." And I just remember it was such a like empowering conversation. He was like, "Look, many famous writers don't become famous until after they're 40, sometimes even 50." Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. he's like, "I I know." He's like, "I know you think that you have wasted all this time and you've lost all this time." He's like, "I'm here to tell you, the best part's just beginning. I promise. Like, keep being creative, keep connecting with people." Um, So I definitely remember him as like a formative kind of moment of like, yeah, this isn't easy. It's super complicated. But if you sort through it, like there is something good um, on the other side. And then, you know, and I think a lot of the friends that I met more recently, probably last, you know, 10 years Mm-hmm. um totally understand like the craziness of what i've been through
2: yeah and oh, yeah. you
3: know support me through that so yeah i think but let's be honest most people in the my 20s that i kind of met and went through yeah. i wasn't ready and they their answer was just too easy yeah. you know
0: 20 year olds are the worst um psychoanalyst i've ever met in my life <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: Up. Take, take, take—not a grain of salt. Take yeah. it with a bucket of salt. Yeah, yeah. Try yeah.
0: heroin. That's what they yeah. say. You're Like yeah. I, I don't know, man. <laughs> like
3: the answer is always drinking yeah. and partying. Yeah. Always.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, yeah. And, and what people don't understand is that some of the things you learned in the cult—and it's very hard. It's like it's like a fish with a lot of bones in it. I forget. I think Gruber is a fish that with a lot of bones in it. When you cook it. There's so many bones in Gruber that you actually have to take your time eating it, but it's so delicious if it's fried right on the stove where when you're out camping, if you fry it. And cult, coming out of cult life is very much the same. That this, this, this hard, you know, uh, um, Christian fundamentalist world. It, it, there's a lot of things in it that are just bad for you when you take it in. It's like bones get stuck in your throat, you'll choke to death, There's no good. Or you don't choke to death, but you walk around with a bone stuck in your throat for like a week, it's a nightmare. And, and there are things that they teach you to actually preserving, like maybe don't sleep with everybody, you know, mm-hmm, that sort of mm-hmm. thing. That's preserving, but that's something you have to learn through trial and error. Where if you take the advice of a twenty year old, it's like, oh, just come on, do do this orgy, do this threesome, you know, uh, don't worry about hurting this girl. You you're tired, you know, you don't want do to deal with her anymore, and 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 that's when you create a mess for yourself, and and then you'll see people because they, they, they kind of chuck the baby out with the bathwater they then rubber band back to that to that Christian fundamentalist lifestyle and you're like wait a second you you were like certain people I know were gay when they were young now they're like oh gays are destroying America and you're like well, I remember <laughs> I do remember you being with the guy and you guys being serious what happened you know so there is there is yeah it is a very challenging thing but you know you're strong you fought th- you figured that out though
3: yeah well i think that's where the education probably actually helped a lot i mean look you know the way america is a very black and white nation right like you don't know how to think in the middle that's reflected in our political system the way we think about sex the way we think about religion i mean everything right super extreme Mm -hmm. and like there's no way of sort of saying if this, but this, or yes, and, right? Like there's there's not a lot of that kind of thinking. And I think that's sort of what I went through. It was like two extremes, right? Like super kind of contemporary liberal culture. And I say that not because I have a problem with liberal culture at all. I consider myself extremely progressive, you know? Right. But there are these sort of, yeah, it's like both sides, it's a little too easy. None yeah. of those are what I want. And I think, you know, yeah. there's yeah, there's a part of me, one of the things I really, sort of always uh, gravitate towards is like for example in relationships like I'm very 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 monogamous like I've certainly tried other configurations and it just wasn't for me and like yeah I could sit here and be like oh maybe it's because of my background and look at this point I know what I know and that's one area where maybe the cult did impact me and that's okay because that's how I feel safe and I feel comfortable but I also believe that people can do whatever the hell they want and they're not going to burn for it so it's like You yeah. can have you can sort of develop this in between p- perspective and i think that my liberal arts education um you know, at stanford but also a little bit at the high school that i went to mm-hmm. was really helpful in that because when you study english or history or languages at like a really good school which i wish you know more people had access to which is a whole other conversation but when you have that opportunity to study like that you learn how to see things in the middle and how to create a world where it doesn't have to be so extreme um so I think that was probably really I think that probably in a weird way let's say education saved me the church didn't save me I think education probably put me in a spot where I was able to make sense of all the different things that happened to me and maybe without that I'm not I'm honestly not sure where I'd be (laughs) Mm -hmm.
0: let me take a moment to reintroduce you I am with the founder of the Off My Comedy School. She is an incredible comedian, marketer, and uh, just all-around great life person. Great life partner, friend to be with, around, talk to, Christine Ann Olivas. We'll be back with more Quince Questions right after this.
1: Your brand is operating on your behalf 24 hours a day and brand consistency builds confidence. At 1030 Designs, we help you build brand confidence by creating cohesive logos, social media posts, websites, and marketing materials so your audience knows who you are at a glance. We're here to help and we're ready to get busy for you. Visit us at 1030designs.com today. That's 1030designs.
0: Hello everyone. This is Quincy Starwood. I am back with the incredible Christine Ann Olivas. There's the applause. There's the people. Hello, everyone. She's here. You see how happy you make the crowd. You, you, you're such a, 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 a crowd pleaser. That's that's a compliment. I hope. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'll, hey, I'll take it. I want to please. I want to please as many people as possible, but not everyone. Yeah. If, that, if, if that's possible. <laughs> so,
0: I've watched your comedy on YouTube, and and you're you're good and getting better, and and you're and, and, and I'm a fan as well. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm but I'm sadly because you're good and getting better. I'm not a huge fan. You see, I'm a huge fan of failed comedians like Fozzie Bear. <laughs> so, Sorry? Uh, <laughs> yeah. a, a, a Denver comedian I interviewed named Mo Vita talked about how her career be- began with comedy classes and comedy courses in a comedy school. You know, how did you come to realize that comedians, especially like new ones, needed some guidance? Um,
3: yeah, I mean, I kind of did a ranty Facebook post about this
0: like a month ago,
3: because Mm. I was sort of comedians in some weird way. I don't know why, but think of themselves as like exceptions. And I don't know where that comes from because mean, every,
0: exceptions?
3: um <laughs> like that the rules of normal growth and progress and learning don't apply you know oh, so yeah, yeah. so i like think about it this way like if i were to, to like do you think about it like mad libs and if i were to say i really want to try to learn x i think i'll take a class or I really want to improve the way that I perform X, I might go back and take a refresher. If you filled in that X with Spanish, music, painting, uh dance anything else people would be like oh that's cool that makes sense but if you say comedy people are like oh comedy classes Co-, like the, no you just have to learn by doing and it's like why are we somehow this exception to the rule that we can't either start or enhance or grow our you know journey as a comedian through education i mean it's garbage right like that makes no sense to me mm-hmm. it's it still involves writing it still involves performance and like any other area of art uh, or entertainment you can learn and you can get better that doesn't mean you'll be successful but it means it's worth a shot um so i've always sort of believed partially because i started my own journey uh with a course but i've always mm-hmm. believed that it will definitely accelerate you as a newer person to have mm. kind of the tutelage of a really experienced person, you know, like a Jake Matera or a Che Guevara or Latisse, right? Like if you're going to work with these very experienced people, it's going to accelerate when you start. And if you're kind of stuck or you just want to get better, it's going to take you to the next level, assuming you put the work in. Um, so yeah, I've been, I've been a fan for my own personal reasons, but I've also seen it play out for other people. And I refuse to believe that stand-up comedy is somehow like the one area that you can't learn Mm -hmm. in come on
0: Mm -hmm. (laughs) if i wanted to crochet you got to take a crochet class you know or watch a lot of youtube something (laughs) something um now you got the schools uh, you 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 bring the school you raise it from the ground you're the professor x with hair and you walk of this school that you created you know who are your instructors who are your uh gene grays and uh wolverines and Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: think that is a com- Ex- comic book reference. Yes. But, Excellent. Excellent. <laughs> that's one area that might go over my head, but I think, I think I know. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, look, I started with the people that are qualified in the two key areas, right? So to teach anything, right. I think, one, you have to have done it successfully. hmm uh, and two, you have to be good at teaching it. So you can't just have one or the other. Um, you can't go, t- I'm not going to go take a class from a guitarist who's never once performed or never, right, right. you know, done a solo, uh, c- you know, con- concert or something. And I'm not going to take guitar lessons from someone who only does it but hasn't taught it. And it's right. the same thing. So I went out of my way. All the instructors, there are some specialized instructors, for example, who haven't necessarily been doing what they've been doing for 10, 15 years, but every single person who teaches at the school which is now I think we're up to nine instructors in different areas have all performed headlined, been at the sort of top of their craft um and then also had teaching experience um Mm -hmm. So those two things i think are are crucial because otherwise why not just go watch it on youtube right if you're going to pay yeah. and i, I look I mean at the end of the day i respect people's investment if you're going to pay for something you want to pay for sort of that next level you don't want self-taught people you want people who have headlined who have recorded albums but who mm-hmm. also know how to take that craft and break it down into like actionable steps uh that will build and actually like know how to build a curriculum because it is a program and it is training and you pay for it <laughs>
0: yeah yeah now you have uh you have different levels of this uh this thing you have a uh a, 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 i was looking on the uh on the i think thursday's episode and you had some things on it i wanted to ask you about uh you had you you don't always have all not all the classes are for the same age group you uh and not even for uh the, the same type of uh subject is taught in the same class for example, you have stand-up for adults. You also have comedy for youth. You have crowd work and improv, improv. You and then you have a section called afternoon workshops. You know, this is this is literally a a, a college. This is a university, a, a university of comedy. See you. you see. <laughs> you see. See you. Yeah. You know yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: copyright you, 2000 you copyright
0: 2020 <laughs> quincy star quincy questions. <laughs> uh,
3: who's the marketer now yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> so you know this is i mean this is uh i, I see uh there was a school uh, um, a movie about hamburger university a couple years uh maybe t- 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 30 years ago and it was basically about uh, it was a ghost uh ghost joke uh movie about mcdonald's university college and wendy's university college but you actually have a college, a university of comedy here that, you know, this probably will live on beyond your years. So, you know, for anyone who gets involved, this is serious work. This isn't just, you know, I'm not going to show up with, and uh, and start farting in front of the class and, and or, you know, I'm going to get an A or I'm going to get a <laughs> certificate at the end of this, you know, because, you know, I can eat black beans and, and do that. You know, this is... uh you know this is serious so you know how did you craft a curriculum together
3: you, yeah so i mean i think we that i want it to be modular so what i mean by that is i want it to be both modular and linear so mm-hmm. you can enter at any point and just take something and be done that's fine hmm. come in take the 101 be done right. come in take the 201 be done come hmm. in take a workshop and be done but There obviously is a progression, right? So with stand-up, you could start with 101, then you could take 201, then you could take crowd work and you have, you know, that's a pretty complete little track there. Uh, Same thing for improv, we have Improv 101 on the stage. I'm actually tonight or tomorrow gonna be adding advanced improv with a focus on acting. So you could potentially have an improv track. Um, Crowd work is also good for improv. You could Mm -hmm. take dark comedies. I mean, it's designed in a way so you can come in, take one, but if you wanted to take two, three, four, you can. And the most exciting part is like, I never wanted to force multiple courses on people, right? Like right. I'm not gonna be like, you must take three classes and then you're a comic. Like that's that's a little too far even for me.
2: Right.
3: But what I've already started to notice is that's just happening on its own. Yeah, because people, number one, right. people are getting, like falling in love with the instructor, They're falling in love with the experience that we've created, which is really high touch. You know, we have a Facebook group. We pay people for their first show. We have tons of free resources. We have the weekly open mic. We send really detailed calendar invites and syllabi. I mean, it's a Mm -hmm. good experience. And so, you know, we had someone, uh, three graduates of Jake's show, sign up for 201 already Mm -hmm. by themselves. No prompting. We weren't like, hey, you now have to take 201 or you can't perform. They just did it on their own. We have an aesthetic established Philly comic, who's done feature sets, who recently signed up for 201 Dark Comedy and the Producing Workshop, just on her own. Like, we didn't ask her to take three, she just wanted to, because we've created good curriculum, good experience. We have, we did a survey uh, about two weeks ago of our existing students, and 100% of students gave us a five, they gave their instructors a five, and I think 55% of folks said they would take another course. So there you go <laughs>
0: people love structure and that's you know it's funny because i had a, an associate who his name is keeman jackson he teaches martial arts in willingboro and he didn't do a belt system at all even though he went through a belt system to develop his third and second don black belt in martial arts but because people wanted to be ranked and they wanted to have a complete understanding and they wanted to be able to fight as good as he is he had to develop a system and it's it's uh And and his 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 students are like you know they're like cult members and they they follow him and as I'm listening to you I'm like maybe she's subconsciously starting another cult and if she is I want you to know I want in as an enforcer I will make them drink that Kool Aid.
3: You know, it's so funny that you say that, and not to go back to the very beginning, but yes. that is absolutely one of those ways you can integrate your past without. It's like it's same like you don't even know same you're methods. Doing it. I know, but but it, but recently I have realized that I am, and it's sort of like same methods, but uh-huh. more good. positive, healthy for outcome. Yeah, yeah. Like I think I had mentioned. Yeah, so I, <laughs> I don't know if I mentioned this uh, before, but my. So my father, in a lot of ways, even though he's not a marketer by mm-hmm. trade or, or profession or anything, mm-hmm. he did a lot of mark sort of guerrilla marketing when he was part of the cult, like a mm-hmm. banner flying over a Supreme Court justice's ceremony, mm-hmm. basically calling for Americans to pray for this guy's death so that the Supreme Court could overturn Roe v. Wade. And it's like that's an extreme you know sort of inhumane right. objective but hey flying a banner over a ceremony like that's that's reach that's that's reach and awareness and impressions right there
0: you know so you just got to get them to join the <laughs> off my comedy school you can really <laughs>
3: yeah. i think he could i think he could be funny it's actually a shame a shame that he'll probably never hear about it but uh. um <laughs> but yeah no i totally i totally agree and it's sort of like there's a fine line between cult and community you know yeah. um and I think, yeah, a feeling of belonging, but giving people choice—that's the difference. I was not given a choice before. It was like you must right. be here from on Sunday from 9 a.m. Right. to 9 p.m. You must wear what? this. You must read this. That's, oh yeah, that's
0: all day, dog.
3: I know, <laughs> I know, and the food sucked too. So it's not like you even got like. <laughs>
0: See See good, just, no, without
3: without good food church really is a prison you know yeah yeah, uh,
0: yeah. <laughs> the, what, why people stay in black churches from uh from 11 in the morning till five in the afternoon because there's fried chicken in the mm-hmm. basement afterwards but well and <laughs>
3: interestingly enough i mean look 80 percent of that church uh, 80% of that congregation was actually black or Hispanic. Um, but it was run by, you know, white or mixed oh, men. Um,
0: and so I'm, I'm seeing yeah, All the, all the, all seeing the good a, stuff went out the window. I'm you seeing poltergeists <laughs> too. Well, I, 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 first of all, how do black folks stick around with no seasoning in their chicken? Don't folks? I <laughs> don't know. Don't fear, and,
3: fear and intimidation. <laughs> <laughs> I know.
0: <guess>. Oh, <laughs> I'll, I'll be outside with some Popeyes chicken sandwiches. We're getting them out. <laughs>
3: <laughs> you can fly a banner on you,
0: say yeah. <laughs> jesus is at like popeyes come, yeah. come join the lord <laughs> so i love it so i see that you have a stand up for adults now this is not for children this is for adults um what can i expect in the stand up for adult
3: so i see we're talking about 101 right yes. starting at the beginning at the beginning yeah so um it's two different styles which is the other reason that i kind of wanted I, this to be different a lot of uh comedy schools and classes when you take 101 from three different instructors it's actually really similar i don't want that i want it to be consistent enough so that you're not going to get a wildly different experience but each instructor has a completely different style and sort of approach and philosophy right so if you take it from if you take 101 from jake matera and you take 101 or you take 101 from che guerrero you are in both cases going to emerge with the same output which is a five initial five minute set Mm. right so an initial five minute set that you can perform in front of your friends and family that it has structure and is roughly let's say you know four to six minutes Um, but if you take it with jake you know jake is a very is very focused on craft and joke structure uh jake spends a lot of time looking at for inspiration from like the greats and so that's sort of one style chase style is much more natural storytelling style a little bit more personal a little bit more narrative um and so it's two just two very different styles mm-hmm. but in both cases so you can kind of pick right uh your 101 or your 2 on instructor based on kind of your style and your objectives but in both cases you will emerge with a basic understanding of joke structure you know premises setups punchlines, uh and then the ability like i said to have kind of a a debut five minute set
0: okay so okay comedy for youth what does that entail
3: so that one's really really exciting so we have two different youth courses um Mm. one so one is improv junior which is cute Mm -hmm. Uh, so improv junior that's for ages 7 through 12. So, seventh through 12, you're not at a point yet where you're going to be writing jokes, setups, and punchlines. But improv is a fantastic outlet for uh, young, uh, late, let's say, late elementary, early middle school energy. Mm-hmm. Um, it has humor in it but it's a little bit more play. You know, improv sort of has play at its core. It's a group thing versus a singular thing. So it's about confidence. It's about kind of thinking on your feet. It's about uh, movement, right? So there's a lot of like movement in it, like shaking your hands out and pretending to rap. And, you know, it's, it's sort of, uh, yeah, it's a playful kind of approach. Um, Jay Ellis, who teaches that, um, is out of New York City. So we started to expand our instructors beyond kind of the Philly area. Um, and he did a little preview for uh, just speak out of Detroit, which is a group that works with youth with trauma uh, last Sunday. And it was so fun. Like they were all super hesitant at the beginning and by the end, they're all pretending to rap and playing the games. Uh, so that one's really does have a show, but it's again, it's a group exercise. It's about play and sort of integrated comedy, if that makes sense. Right. Uh, the stand-up for teens is taught by Lamar Todd and, um, who's a native of Chester um, and, and a performing comic in Philly. Um, and that is for 12 through 17. That is actually more, tr- it's stand-up, but it's just for teens. So it does give them some writing, a little bit of premises, how to do punchlines. So the older that the youth gets, they're gonna be a little bit more capable of kind of taking on a set, if you will, versus the slightly younger audience where it's about being funny, channeling their really intense energy and, uh, yeah, just being able to sort of play and perform an experiment.
0: Right. Now, let's talk about crowd work and improv because um, one of the biggest things you have to do as a comedian is read the room. You don't go into a conservative Republican crowd and start talking about the joys of abortion. <laughs> you know, as a, as a comedy, you don't do that. You don't go into a uh, a gun a gun, a gun crowd, and, and talk about the, the beauty of uh, Ruth uh, Ginsburg. You can't talk about that in the, mm-hmm. at, the, uh, NR, at the NRA. So what does crowd work and improv entail?
3: Yeah, so crowd work is just listed under improv um, on the site, but it's not, I would say, crowd work is a universal comedy skill. And honestly, it's just a universal skill. So it's mm-hmm. great for comedy, stand-up, and improv. But you know what it's also great for? It's also great for hosting a corporate zoom meeting. It's also good for, um, we have some burlesque folks, you know, burlesque actually has a lot of crowd work in it. Yeah.
0: Burlesque has a lot of comedy in it too. I was Mm -hmm. surprised.
3: Yeah, yeah, so there is some, crowd work is pretty universal. Like that's a a skill that anybody who hosts or performs or wants to interact with the audience more dynamically can use. Um, A lot of the exercises are actually improv in nature, but um, yeah, I would say the two sort of things that make crowd work an amazing class. So number one, we don't believe in mean, cruel crowd work. I'm not saying you can't pull it off. There's a rare comic that can, but making fun of the audience is not getting them on your side. No. And so Dan no. Dan Vetrano, who teaches it, it's about, you can tease them, you can roast them gently, but it's about getting everybody on your side and making them feel like you are paying attention to the details and you are able to have a specific personalized interaction each time right so none of this i mean you've seen bad crowd work it's either like making fun of someone or it's being like oh well guess you guys aren't drinking enough you know (laughs) or shut up in the back and i won't keep going until it's like that's just dead ends it's a bad crowd work is a bunch of dead ends and so this approach is one it's about positivity and about empowering the audience and getting them on your side And then two, sort of coming up with through exercises, sort of various ways to uh, make those interactions uh, easier, because I think it is a hard skill for a lot of people to uh, take on. Um, So the current crowd work course graduates in a week. Their class show is on the 16th, and it's actually called Double Booked. And the premise of the show is that a comedy show and a bachelorette party accidentally got booked on the same night. um so it's going to be really fun and the crowd work students from that class will actually be interacting with the bachelorettes and sort of it's going to be fun it's a real um way even though it's on zoom to kind of recreate the experience of what might happen in real life
0: all right and then i want to ask you about the afternoon workshop all of these things i needed to know and needed to get recorded what's the afternoon workshop
3: Yeah, so the afternoon workshop is a focus, a very focused, like, topic or skill that doesn't necessarily warrant a full, like, multi-week course, right? So all the courses we just talked about are either four, six, or eight weeks, right? So they're longer, you're building a skill. The afternoon workshops are for something that's like, hey, I could learn that in three hours, or I could play with that in three hours. It's a refinement, it's a specific topic. So to give you an example, we have one coming up next Sunday called Dark Comedy Workshop. It's four hours and it's about better incorporating dark jokes into your set. Because a lot of times when people will do like dark or sacrilegious Mm -hmm, or very mm -hmm. blue humor, the audience gets a little turned off and then it's hard to sort of hold them back in. So Cassandra, (laughs) yeah. So Cassandra D is teaching that um, she uh, was supposed to, they got postponed because of COVID, but she and Jake Matera were co-recording an album together. So they're really good friends um and she's teaching she's sort of the master of jokes about suicide and mental illness and being able to sort of still keep the tone light and keep the audience (laughs) engaged the stuff (laughs) she writes
0: on cassandra i i used to accidentally call her cassandra she was like cassandra i was like okay cassandra d writes some of the funniest darkest stuff on twitter And then i wonder do i need to rescue this woman (laughs) so then i see another tweet and i'm like oh she didn't kill herself that's good (laughs)
3: that's sort of how she keeps you engaged right and that's part of that's part of the mastery is like oh no it's it's a joke or is it right that's kind of kind of what you want so yeah so she's teaching that (laughs) that's just a workshop though right you're not going to teach a six-week course on just dark comedy but it's a really good workshop and then In January, uh, Polly, Sam and I, who run a ton of the school's operations and a bunch of shows are doing a workshop on producing and promoting a comedy show. That's Mm -hmm. a three hour workshop. We've run it once already. and It was really successful. So, yeah, the workshops net net are basically kind of singular focused topics. Skills that are good for one afternoon, and obviously they're a little bit more affordable because it's just three or four hours.
0: Mm. Let me take a moment to reintroduce you. I am with the incredible founder of the Off My Comedy School, uh, and she Mo- is a co producer of No Most Sexual FOMO, which is a great title. <laughs> we'll be back with more Quinn's questions right after this.
1: Your brand is operating on your behalf 24 hours a day and brand consistency builds confidence. At 1030 Designs, we help you build brand confidence by creating cohesive logos, social media posts, websites, and marketing materials so your audience knows who you are at a glance. We're here to help and we're ready to get busy for you. Visit us at 1030designs.com today. That's 1030designs.
0: Hello everyone, this is Quincy Starworth of Quince Questions. No, no, yeah, 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 I know you're not excited, come on, give it up, give it up for Christine and Olivas. <laughs> Uh, Let's talk about your incredible modeling career that uh, I love on Instagram. You take great photos. Uh, You're a body positive model, I believe. Do you want to talk about that?
3: Yeah, yeah. So it's funny because that's definitely not, I mean, two years ago, I wouldn't say comedian. (laughs) Now I do. I definitely still would not use the term model. I happen—I feel like I'm someone who happens to really like photo shoots. It's like it's a hobby. I mean, I've like never gotten paid, right? Like I have a calendar that I was in. Uh, for a bar called Varga here in Philly and Varga does like a little pinup calendar of a year and I did that got paid like two drink tickets you know so it's like I've never really like gotten paid for it but I do really enjoy photo shoots and I pay for them right so the ones that I've done on Instagram I paid those photographers I'm like hey I want to do a fun photo shoot I'd like to do X. Here's what I'm thinking. And you kind of guide and art direct the rest. And, you know, I paid for them. So it's not like I'm, it's it's not a paid gig by any means. um, But I really enjoy doing it. I think it's really important given my background, you know, like you are definitely not supposed to uh, love or uh, focus on your body growing up in a super conservative church. And if anything, it's sinful because it distracts men and hey you've ruined it all for us by being <laughs> tempted t- temptation you know so it's sort of like w- women are held like women are held extra responsible for the sins of men which i think is garbage one of, um, one of my
0: churches i heard a pastor say that if you wear a dress and it leans a man into sexual desire then you're partially responsible and I was like, "Isn't that like that thing? Like she deserved it?" You are saying, <laughs> "What are, what are pretty, you? What do you?" Pretty, pretty
3: much, pretty much. Uh, I mean, you that, that you know, that that cow shouldn't look so juicy when he was walking by. <laughs> you, know? <laughs> <laughs> you
0: know, yeah, it is. It's like you know, it's it's such a strange, uh, you know. And I, my I, 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 like my 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 old church, they were so, um, they they did they they were they were anti women's rights. And it was so. It was so many women who were with them. It was like led by one man, and, and you know there was a lot of women, mothers mostly. You know, it wasn't like a young Christian cult, but it was predominantly white, and uh, a lot of the women really supported. You know, women need to stay home. You know, school at home, your kids. And 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 when I first got there, I didn't notice it was like that. But as you as you start to to settle in some of these churches you're like man this is a cult man you guys don't even know this is bad and they're like no here drink this (laughs) Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. kool-aid
3: yeah totally man it's
0: crazy crazy. yeah i
3: mean it's 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 sort of channeling and projecting all blame for something that by the way in most cases isn't is just consensual adult sex right but it's channeling all blame into a body a body that was you were born with you know so I think it's just there's so many layers of uh, shame and um trauma kind of involved in that but yeah I think for me just kind of continuing to channel that in some in a positive way that also has like I try to combine like jokes or messages or stories into the photos because they Mm -hmm. all meant something to me at that particular moment in time based on what I was going through um and uh, side note I'm actually currently trying to get pregnant right now um okay. so th- that last <laughs> not right now <laughs> so, no, not, not like at this moment of recording but could you
0: could you um, tell him the guts to stop yeah, bumping yeah. the microphone
3: i know i know. keep it down over there it's a two-person job though. um but um uh, but yeah so that that particular shoot um one i just loved the idea of like you know shanika uh, like they had the idea of doing it in a graveyard which i thought was super cool yeah, uh, but i but i also great. really wanted to kind of figuring that if I do, you know, end up um, getting pregnant, having a kid, that would basically be my last, like, formal photo before, which I thought would could be really amazing. Like, mm-hmm. that's sort of a moment in time for me, a transition between, like, the two pieces of my life. Um, so yeah, I had a lot of fun doing it. And I don't know if you could see it, but that bodysuit has snakes all over it. So I just love that. <laughs> it's like, it's it's Eve, right? I mean, you want to talk to yeah, Eve. Like, there are literally yeah. snakes on it.
0: <laughs> and, and you're so bold in your... Um... And, and models are very bold people anyway I, I did a photo shoot I work for now I work for one company I work for a boutique and called here's to uh, I always forget him here's to, here's to cool stuff and 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 the models are like always nude behind me I, I never turn around but it's just like you guys are so bold I wouldn't take my clothes I don't like take I wouldn't take my clothes off around men and <laughs> you know I'm, I'm the guy who go to Planet Fitness and I'll, I'll take a shower when I get home but you know, you—you—that's how you. I know you—you uh, you are a model. I mean, even though you may say I'm not one according to my own standards, you definitely are a model because you have this boldness and this fearlessness and this strength in, you, in your photography. I mean, you can see in the eyes that you're not frightened of the camera. You're not frightened of oh, my mom might see this, or you know, you're not like that. And that's—and that—that's that uh, thanks to the photographer too. Uh, she she did incredible work. And the photo ladies you shot with, I can't pronounce Hanukkah, Hanukkah, Lewinsky. Very good. Mm -hmm. Very, very very great work. Yeah.
3: They're both really amazing Philly photographers because they they do a really good job, like pulling the essence out of people, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, photo lady does obviously a lot of comedy headshots and stuff on stage, but she also has expanded into doing a lot of, yeah, kind of personal shoots and stuff and has done some really cool work on Zoom during the pandemic. Um, Hanukkah, you know, we did that was socially distanced. Right? Like you know, they didn't have to get anywhere near me um, <laughs> in the graveyard. I just sort of struck a pose and you have a good camera and you can capture and. Um, so that uh, if people think you can't film during the pandemic, you certainly can, obviously it's freezing. So that was another issue, (laughs) but by the time I left, I was like, (laughs) uh, like my feet were cold and everything. But I love it. I I don't, I can't explain again, why I do it. It's just, um, beyond the reasons that I've already discussed of sort of taking back some of the power and overcoming some of the, the shame that, you know, my background attached to bodily displays.
0: And, and you will shed that shame Like a snake out of its skin Ooh, No, no yes. pun On Eve or the snake Um yeah Yeah you know Eve gets Beat up pretty badly you know It's uh you know It's it's religion who else are we going to blame When I can't find the remote I actually blame my wife So you know, <laughs> <since that. laughs> I feel like she's conspiring Against me for the remote control So, uh, okay, so off my comedy school, is there a graduation or?
3: Yeah, so it kind of depends. So the afternoon workshops don't have one. I mean, it's three hours. You're not going to then do a show. So those are, you know, a little bit more affordable, like I said earlier. But all of the multi-week courses have shows. So we are right now in the end of fall semester so we have one or two workshops remaining but mostly we're in sort of like class show period right now so we had jake's 101 last thursday uh this coming tuesday is uh che guerrero's 101 graduation show latisse uh taught 201 this semester her students have a showcase um and crowd work uh the second uh running of crowd work has their crowd show that i mentioned earlier a class show uh double booked so we still have Three more class shows coming up between uh, right now and the 16th. Um, and I think what's cool about the graduation shows is, you know, I did a graduation show when I took my class two years ago, and every dollar for that graduation show went to the theater that taught the courses. For off mic, I will not do it that way. All of the money goes to the students. Mm. So you take a course and you graduate and you perform. And you make money for the first time as a performer. Uh, it's not a lot, you know, I mean, it's 20 to 60 bucks each, but that's really important to me. Like, let's start you out positively, let's compensate you for the first time performing instead of pocketing it for ourselves. Um, so, yeah, it should be really cool. I'm really excited for Chase on Tuesday since, you know, he was my instructor. So, I can't wait to see his students debut um i'm no
0: surprised your school isn't flooded with crackheads i knew a crackhead. <laughs> 20 40 bucks he put towed your car on his own shoulder <laughs> fair, fair enough yeah. <laughs> like, <laughs>
3: uh, but yeah we are featuring some local musicians as well so to kind of break it up a little bit so on thursday we had to my my uh friend to be frank he did some music on thursday um, on tuesday jillian markowitz who's uh very well-known Philly like, comic and also does musical comedy. He's going to perform on Che's show. And then for Latiza's show, we have Nazir Artad, um, who debuted some rap, a rap album, uh, this summer. So yeah, a little bit, to be kind of a nice little local showcase. Folks get paid, they get to do their material in front of family and friends gonna be awesome.
0: Now the vaccine comes out, I think this summer or fall this some, it actually comes out this month for the wealthy. But for us, it comes out in the fall (laughs) next Mm -hmm. month. So for those of us who don't develop a bloodthirst comedy, you know, bloodthirst for brains and and eating human beings, those of us who are left to uh, survive the pandemic, uh, there must be plans for a brick-and-mortar store or school for the off My Comedy School. It has to be because this is the home of Larry Fine, Louis Feinberg, one of the Three Stooges. Uh, We have to have a school here.
3: Yeah, it's interesting. So I haven't I haven't made a firm decision on that yet. Partially because yes, we can say it's a year out, but we don't know what's going to happen, right? Or they're like, "Oh, we ran out or <laughs> I don't know." I, I mean, you know, or like I- or, like, or, 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 or I don't know. There's going to be some sort of heist and someone's going to steal all of it and like sell it on the, I mean, we have no idea. So sure.
0: You're giving me Let's, so many ideas. <laughs> I know.
3: I know. My you, next business, my want, next business. You went in on this provi- heist? Yeah. This is yeah. your idea. No, we'll call we'll call it pandemic provisions. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I mean, yes, fine. Let's say it's Good. a year. I don't know what direction I want to take it in yet because first of all, one of the things I've loved about this is it's not a Philly only institution. By ah, making it virtual yeah. So by making it virtual, we have we've had three international students so far. We've had students from San Francisco. Um, we've had students from Chicago and Wisconsin. So we're kind of opening it up to the world. And I would be very concerned that if we're just like, hey, we opened, first of all, getting the capital to open a building in Philly might put us back in some of the problems that some of the other corporate offerings had. When you have a physical brick and mortar location, you end up
2: Overhead. not
3: being able to pay your instructors as much. Yeah, not offering as good of an experience. So uh plus i I like the idea that anyone from anywhere can join and it's accessible if you have a physical like mobility challenge or disability you can take a class if you are really far away and don't have transportation you can take a course so i want to think through that very carefully before i just say yeah the world's open let's do this Um, one option or one thought that i had is Potentially we could partner with local businesses who are trying to get back on their feet and maybe do courses at local businesses and like rent their space, for example, in certain cities. But I don't want to I don't know if I want to open an off-mic building or like physical shop. I might want it to be different because that's because we're different, you know? So I need I need to think through that. But if we go back in person, it's going to probably feel and look a little bit different as a brand.
0: I work with a guy named Connor Mulholland. Connor is a funny MF or white dude, but he could rock a black room. He's really funny. He don't even try. He's just really naturally good like that. Is there a way I can like gift him classes to the off my comedy school? Is there, you know, I need to get him. I need to get them to you guys.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad you asked. I love that. Um, we, so we actually do we just i think 2 weeks ago launched gift cards on the site so you can go on and you can choose an amount um, i think it's like 150 200 250 and then an email goes to them just like any other electronic gift card and it says hey you know you've been given the gift of comedy classes and then they can redeem it for a workshop or a class of their choice
0: i would love that because he's a funny dude and and, and he needs he needs uh, he needs some structure and he needs you know some boldness and uh i think your school would really help him come out of his shell um i, I see that at least with some of the comedians when i was watching the uh thursday uh, uh show on youtube on the off my comedy school youtube channel it was very funny you had a lady on there who was talking about still dating she had a double hip replacement and i was just like cracking up it was really funny mm-hmm. Uh, yeah,
3: um, yeah. I'll I'll shoot you a note with the gift card link so you have it. Okay.
0: And you know what can we as fans of yours and the Off My Comedy School? What can we do to support the Off My Comedy School?
3: Um. So I think two two ways. Um. And I'm not going to say take a course because that's not support. That's if that's if that's a fit for you, fantastic. If it's not, I'm not going to push that on people. But right. if folks want to support, I would say one would absolutely be the kind of gift card referral route. So if you know someone in your life who you're like, that person is super funny, or they have this raw energy, or they're a really good storyteller, send them our way. Like you, if you can afford it, and if it's in your you know, sort of capability or capacity, send them a gift card, if not, Uh, when they sign up for any course or workshop there's a little field that says how did you hear about off night comedy school if you put your name in there and your email we will send you 25 dollars referral for each student Um, and a lot of people have taken advantage of that already so number one send folks our way buy them a gift card or refer them and you get paid Um, and then the second way would be to find us on facebook off night comedy school and check out the events section we have tons of those class shows that i mentioned coming up each one costs four ninety nine to five ninety nine. It's not a lot of money, and every dollar goes to those students. So mm. I don't know, help make those public shows a success. Show up on Zoom, and every dollar like I said, goes to sponsoring and paying their first show. So I think that would be awesome. Just go to Facebook, Off My Comedy School, and then click on the Events tab.
0: That's, that's I'm, 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 I'm definitely, because I watched the one on YouTube, and it was really funny. You know, there are a lot of Uh, Zoom comedy shows right now and uh, not all of them are good but I will tell you this one is actually good. I actually liked it. Uh, Some of the jokes I won't repeat but they were really good.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I mean Jake did a great job with the students and you know also just to you know to my own horn and Sam and polly's horn we also did a really good job producing it it's very seamless you yes. know we have a, a run of show we have music we have a countdown we make the shows um as polished as possible for the virtual format so um yes it's available on youtube after the show but come to the live event 4.99 to 5.99 depending on the show um and we would definitely appreciate getting some more folks in and making the graduating comics a little money
0: what's next christine What's next?
3: What is next? Yes. Um, so two things uh, for the school uh, just continuing to grow. So winter semester we have 12 courses. We had six in fall. So we're just going to keep going and keep growing um, and see what happens. Eventually, we are going to try to get an investor. But for now, for the first year, we're just going to grow and kind of keep spreading mm-hmm. the word and the joy of learning. So definitely follow us and keep an eye on that for me and sort of my core business um, in uh, so february 1st 2021 so 2 one uh will be my three-year anniversary of uh being on my own running my own marketing business and i am going to be launching a brand new uh exciting version of my marketing consulting business mm. um so that is coming soon
0: wow i you know i mean <laughs> if you're hiring and you need someone to, uh, to really run it into the ground when you're not busy, (laughs) you know, uh, please look me up. (laughs) Perfect.
3: (laughs) Yeah, no, it's, it's going to be good. It's, uh, I won't reveal too much, but let's just say that, you know, it'll be focused on bigger businesses that have money to spend on marketing, but it will also be supporting small local businesses at the same time. So more to come.
0: Christine, I want to thank you for coming on the podcast, uh, and coming back after uh a a very uh confusing situation i appreciate it you 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 have been a wonderful guest and a good friend of the show thank you so much
3: thank you this has been a lot of fun
0: you have yourself a great day Bye-bye. you
3: too bye <laughs>
0: Thank Christine Olivas for coming on. She is the co-founder of the Off My Comedy School. But of course, we are not done yet. We are now going to give you the epidemic sound artist of the episode, of the day. Today, artist is two artists, actually, is uh, Tente. He's a vocalist, singer, songwriter. And then there's this incredible producer named Baba, and I want you to hear uh, their music too. You've been hearing Baba's produced music uh, for Epidemic Sounds the entire episode. So uh, get ready to hear Babe's remix of Tente's Scream My Name.
1: Walking
2: What's up?
0: Want to thank christine olivas for coming on make sure you check out the youtube channel of the off my comedy school it is such a great school also you can buy gift certificates for someone you know that you like to encourage that mom who's very funny that sister that brother that little nephew who just keeps dropping bombs you know like my nephew mikey he's so funny Twink's Questions has been a production of Anchor.fm and the good people over at Spotify. The music heard was all provided to us by EpidemicSounds.com and the artist of today was Tente and he was produced and remixed with Beba. So make sure you check those out. They're on iTunes, Spotify, Instagram, so forth, so on. All listening platforms. We also want to thank the talented staff of 1030 Designs for crafting our logos and promotional materials. Please like and subscribe. Join the Quince Questions community on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm Quincy Stalworth. Please have a great day. Uh, thank you for listening. And uh, as we get closer to the holiday, look forward to our special festivist episode. All right. Take care. Everyone.